Welcome, good evening. Welcome to Grace Bible Church. Welcome to our Christmas Eve service. Did everybody get a chance to see the snow out there today? Yeah? Hey, this is my 37th Central Texas Christmas, and uh, that's never happened before. So I just want to tell you, that's really special. So be thankful for that. That was very cool. I was very excited. Uh, my kids made some very tiny snowballs. We're saving them in the freezer. So very cool stuff. Uh, we are going to get to start off with some time with the kids. And uh, the kids have worked on a song. They're going to sing for us. And then we're going to hear a story. So I'm going to turn it over to Catherine to lead them in the song. today? Why do we praise him? Why do we celebrate Christmas? story. We're going to read a quick Christmas story. Uh, Miss Autumn, my lovely bride, is going to read to us. And uh, you can make your way. Parents, if you're not sure if they can handle it, you can come sit with them. You're welcome to come up here and join us. Um, any other children want to come on up? You're welcome to come on up and sit on the steps here. We're going to listen to a Christmas story. If you need more room, too, you can sit right down here on the floor. 
thank you guys for coming up to um, share a story with me. And I just um, wonder why you guys all look so sharp tonight. I know most of you. You're not usually this dressed up. You're always cute, don't get me wrong. But tonight's really, really special, isn't it? I bet a lot of you guys are going to go home and have a big party, feast kind of thing, maybe open a gift or two, you think? It's a very, very special, special night. We're celebrating Christmas. So I would like to share with you a story about why Christmas is so special. Okay? All right. It's called Memories of the Manger. You know what a manger is? Right where the animals Usually it's where the animals live, like a barn. Sheep can sleep in there. Awesome. Cool. Well, we're going to read about the manger, one very special one. The donkey called from down below. We're ready, Mrs. Dove. Please tell us the story once again, the one about God's love. The old dove stretched her wings out wide and cooed a gentle coo. I'll be right down. The dove called out, and all at once she flew. She landed on the donkey's back and then hopped to the ground. The animals all moved in close. Nobody made a sound. The colt, the lamb, the kid, the chick, the mouse, and donkey too. They all had heard the tale before, but each time it seemed new. It happened right in this barn. The old dove softly said, The Son of God was born right here, upon this small straw bed. This nice young couple had come to town, the dove said with a grin. But Bethlehem was all filled up, no rooms in any inn. The woman wanted to relax. The time was drawing near. She was going to give birth. That's why they came in here. She was so young and so beautiful, and Mary was her name. Somehow I knew when she gave birth, I would never be the same. And then it happened just like that. I heard the baby's cries. She pulled her baby close to her and looked into his eyes. She said, Jesus is your name, just like the angel said. And then she smiled and praised our God and kissed her baby's head. What did he look like? asked the colt. Was he real big and strong? And why did he cry? Was he okay? Or was there something wrong? No, he was perfect, said the dove. At birth, all babies cry. When you were born, you neighed and neighed. I'm really not sure why. As for his looks, the dove went on, he was a handsome boy. He had a special warmth to him that filled the barn with joy. Now, where was I? The dove inquired. Oh, yes, now I recall. I told you of this special birth, but that's not nearly all. Soon after Jesus had been born, some shepherds came to see. They called him Savior, Prince of Peace. I thought, how can this be? How can a baby save the world? What can a baby do? And yet I knew deep in my heart the shepherd's words were true. 
an angel had appeared to them and told them everything. And then more angels filled the sky and glorified this king. Wow, I wish I'd been there that night, the little chicken said. I would have praised that baby too and danced around his head. Go on, go on, the donkey said. I want to hear the rest. My favorite part is coming up, the part I like the best. Which part is that? asked Mrs. Dove. The part about the kings? That's right, the donkey said and smiled. The kings who bring the things. That happened later on, said Dove. That's what I've been told. I've heard three kings brought Jesus gifts, frankincense, myrrh, and gold. These men of royalty were wise, explained the aging Dove. They honored Jesus as God's son and gave him gifts of love. I love all gifts, the field mouse said, like great big hunks of cheese. That's what I would have brought the Lord. I always aim to please. Jesus would not have liked your gift, the kid said with a shout. I know what I would have given him. I got it figured out. Well, what is it? The field mouse asked. What would your gift have been? I've given him myself, said Goat, to be his bestest friend. Me too, me too, the colt cried out. I'd have been his horse. You think he'd have liked that, Dove? Of course, Dove said. Of course. But God gave the best gift of all. He gave his only son. And Jesus is for you and me. He's for everyone. Are you quite sure, the field mouse asked. For us, chimed in the lamb. Because we're just little children, and he's the great I am. That's very true, said Mrs. Dove. But God loves you and me. He'll always love each one of us throughout eternity. That's why he sent his son to earth, explained the wise old dove. That's what Christmas is all about. God's never-ending love. Do you know what, boys and girls? That is very true. And Jesus is why we're celebrating, and he came because he loves you, right? Awesome. You guys, I want you guys to go and celebrate Christmas with your families and have a great time remembering that it's Jesus' birthday, okay? You can go back and find your parents, okay? While the kids are making their way back to their seats, parents, make sure you actually grab them and they don't go sit with somebody else. Um, while they're making their way back, I'm going to have the worship team come up and the musicians come up. I'm going to pray for us. Um, we could just stop it there. I mean, we've, we've heard the Christmas story, right? We've heard a great song. Um, the kids get it, but us adults, were a little slower. So sometimes we need a little more reinforcement. So we're going to sing a few more songs. We're going to have a few more readings. And we're going to try to remember the story and how important it is at Christmas time. If you'll uh, pray with me, I'm going to pray and then we'll, we'll hear God's word from Isaiah. Please pray. Father, we thank you for the chance to celebrate Christmas. We thank you for gathering us all to, to, together tonight, this Christmas Eve. We thank you for snow. It's the, uh, the amazing sight that is for those of us that, that live down here in the South most of the time. Lord, we thank you for sending your son Jesus. Thank you for the gift that he is. I pray that as we exchange gifts, as we uh, practice traditions that our families have handed down to us, that we would remember you. 
And so as we gather tonight to hear your word and to sing to you that you would be the center of all that we do. You would be the center of all our celebration. We pray that it would be a party tonight, that we would enjoy you and the gift that you are to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll listen to uh, God's word, I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, to start off our evening. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You've enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Yeah, well, stand with us. Let's sing together.
Tbilisi The birth story from Luke 2, 1 through 20, says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went, from, went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Bye. 
to gather as your people to take hope in that story that you became a man or were born as a baby 2,000 years ago. We thank you for entering into our world, Lord. Thank you that you came into the cold and the dark to bring light, to bring warmth, to bring life. And I pray, Lord, that, that we would... Uh, be encouraged that we would take hope in you and that you would be our glory and our hope and our joy this Christmas time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I was saying earlier, I've, I've never seen snow on Christmas Eve, so that means a lot of times it can be pretty warm on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day here in Central Texas. I grew up here, just had a few Christmases other places when we lived in other places, but most of my Christmases have been in this area, and uh, it never snows on Christmas. Um, and, and it just reminds me that it's pretty cool, I think it's, it's pretty neat how it's worked out. You know, we don't know exactly what day Jesus was born on, but I think it's a pretty, pretty wonderful thing that we celebrate Christmas like we do at the dead of winter. I think it fits. I think it makes sense. I think it fits with the story that there's this cold, dark world and Jesus comes into that coldness and that darkness that we live in. And what better time to celebrate that than at Christmas? 
So it makes it even better, really, to think about it when, when it's actually cold, you know, because some Christmases here at 70 degrees, so we don't get the same effect in, in Central Texas. So I'm excited about it from that perspective as well. I was remembering a Christmas four years ago when it was really cold. And as a matter of fact, it was very cold and very dark, not just outside, but inside our house. It was cold and dark inside our house four Christmases ago because we had a fire in our house just five days before Christmas. And that's not something you want to have happen around Christmas time. Um, the house didn't burn down. It was just, you know, like part of a room was destroyed and it was mainly in our attic. Um, but it left the house kind of wrecked. The house uh, no longer had electricity then. It no longer had gas heat. There was smoke and ash all filling up the house. There was water damage from the fire department coming and blowing the hoses to put out the fire for us, which we were thankful for. But, but the house was a wreck. And so Christmas that year was especially cold and especially dark. And every time we would go back to the house and over the next few days, it was, it was cold, it was dark, and, and it made us especially appreciate the story of Christmas, that, that Jesus came into a broken world. He came into a place that was cold, that was dark, that, that feels hopeless sometimes to all of us. I mean, we all know what it means to live in a world of sin and brokenness and death and disease. Um, some of us more than others. Some of us have suffered more than others have suffered, but we've all suffered. It's part of being human. It's part of living in this world. It's a world that the Bible tells us is broken by sin, broken by a, a people that have rebelled against God, that have said, we'd rather do things on our own than follow you and live in your blessing. We'd rather do things our own way, and that sin has fractured the entire world. Our bodies, our minds, our health, everything. And so we live in cold and we live in darkness. And the hope that we take at Christmas time is that Jesus brings light into that. That's why we like to celebrate with lights at Christmas time. That's, that's why there are so many of these traditions where we celebrate with, with great food and feasting and lights and all these things to remind us that Jesus comes to bring light. He comes to bring hope. He comes to bring health. He comes to bring resurrection power into this world. Jesus didn't come to just enter the suffering of our world, to be born as a baby like us so he could just sympathize with us. I mean, it's great. It helps us in our relationship with God to know that he's lived a life like us and so that we can sympathize with him, he can sympathize with us, and that's a wonderful part of who Jesus is. But that's not where the story stops. He didn't just come and sympathize with us and then that's it, the story's over. But he came to conquer death. He was born not just to live a perfect life, to give us the life that we need, but also to die a death that we needed him to die for us, and then to rise from the dead. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. The whole story, not just the birth, but all of his life. His death for us and his resurrection from the dead. Christmas is, is a wonderful story. We, we heard in the, in the Luke story uh, about angels appearing to shepherds. And, and I try to remind the church, those of you that are regulars, you've heard me say that. Some of you are visitors from out of town. And I try to remind the church that, that when an angel appears to someone, that's a, that's a big deal. That's scary. Just because you're reading in the Bible, you can kind of turn, turn the switch in your head where you think, oh yeah, that's just normal. That's what happens in the Bible, right? Angels appear to people. But, but just like for us, that was amazing. And the story in Luke says when, when the angels appeared to the shepherds to announce this Savior had come, they were terrified. And the angel said, don't be afraid. I'm bringing goodwill, good tidings, peace. The Savior's coming to you. And then a whole army of angels appeared. Right? And I'm, I'm sure they were a little more scared when the whole army of angels appears in the sky and starts singing and telling them that the Savior is coming. It, it's an amazing story. It's a fantastical story. 
And I think we, we want to make sure we don't forget that at Christmas time. We don't want to forget how amazing the story is. And when we think about Jesus being born in this fantastic way, a virgin giving birth to a child, and this child being the Savior that we've been waiting for for thousands of years, when we think of all the, the amazing things about that story, we also need to remember the rest of Jesus' life as well. And remember His death. And remember His resurrection. At, at the end of Matthew... There's some pretty crazy stuff that happens. I'm going to read this to us to help us remember. It says at the end of Matthew, Matthew 27, 50, When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, He gave up His spirit and died there on the cross. And it says at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, showing that there's now no more barrier between God and, and man. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Anyone ever read that Bible story before? Pretty, pretty amazing stuff, right? I mean, this is crazy stuff. At, at Christmas time, we love to tell each other stories. We love to read children's stories. And there's, there's legends and there's myths. And there's all kinds of things that we remember at Christmas time. Some of them more true than others. Some of them we just don't know anymore if they're true or not. But the Apostle Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 15 that, that this is the one story, the one fantastic story that we tell ourselves, that we remember, that is true. And if it's not true, we're wasting our time. He says it is historically, verifiably real. This is something that happened, and it's something that we base our faith on. That Jesus wasn't just some great guy that, that was born in a barn. That's, that's a great part of the story. But he lived a perfect life. He was always as, as brave and as kind and as loving and as authoritative as, as we wish we would be. And he lived that perfect life in our place. And then he died a death that we deserve to die taking our sin upon Himself on the cross. And in Matthew, it shows us these fantastic things. Dead people came out of the ground when He died. It goes on. It says the next day after the preparation day, after He died, the chief priests and Pharisees went to Pilate, the governor, and they said, this guy was deceiving people and said that He would rise on the third day, so we need to make sure that the, the tomb is especially guarded on that third day. Pilate said, so be it. We'll send you a guard. We'll seal the tomb. We'll make sure it's secure and they can't, you know, have a hoax or anything and trick people. So they had these Roman soldiers that, that, you know, would face the death penalty if they failed in their job as guards. And they had to seal the tomb and, and all of these things. They sealed the tomb and it says that after the Sabbath at dawn on that first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And it says that there was a violent earthquake. Again, amazing things are happening. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it. So his appearance, his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. Again, when angels appear to people, they're afraid. It's a scary thing. It's not something that happens every day. And this angel appears and says, Don't be afraid. But everything that Jesus said is true. Those four times throughout the book of Matthew that's recorded where he said, I'm going to die and I'm going to raise, rise again. The angel's saying, it's happened now. He's conquered death. This cold, dark world filled with sin and death and suffering that we all know more intimately than we'd like. He's come to defeat that. He's come to beat that back. He's beat death itself. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he's risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him. Now I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, 
That's how we should live, right? Because the world is still dark, it's still broken. We, we look forward to eventually conquering death, and we see that, that Jesus promised that in his resurrection. But the world is still broken. We still live with sin and death. We hope, we have joy, because we know someday we, like him, will we'll follow in his footsteps. We'll get to defeat death as well. And so we walk that line, afraid, yet filled with joy. They ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him and clasped his feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. As we remember all these amazing stories at Christmas time, a Savior that actually conquered death, we need to make sure that, that we live that out and we share that with other people. We need to make sure that that, that doesn't just something that quietly gives us peace, but it's a light that, that bleeds out to those around us. Because it is a cold, dark world that we live in. And we can hide from that reality, or we can face it head on and try to bring light into that darkness. We can try to bring heat into the cold that we live in. When my house caught fire and everything was kind of torn up, every time we had to go back to the house, I had to bring a flashlight. And I started stowing them in my car, and I had one, a little one in one of my coat pockets, and put one in the dashboard of my wife's car and hid one in the back porch because I was having to run back and forth and pick things up. And, you know, we were kind of living in a hotel for a while at my, my mom's house and ended up living at a friend's house who was deployed and, and just kind of bouncing around and kept needing to go back to the house and get stuff or help fix things or go talk to the workers that were helping us repair things. We, we didn't just give up and never go back to the house again. We tried to face the cold, we tried to face the darkness, and we brought the light with us every time we went, because it was dark. There was no light, there was no heat, but we kept going back in and brought professional friends to go back in with us and help make it better. And that's really the call for us as those that follow Christ, is that we would bring the light with us. You know, Matthew 5, where he says, let your light shine before men that they would see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That's, that's what Christians are supposed to do. We, we follow Christ, the one that brought light into the world, as John tells us. The one that conquered death, as all the apostles tell us. And, and we want to bring that light to other people. Some of us are talkers, some of us are doers, right? Some of us are, are better at talking about it and sharing that with other people. Some of us are better at just doing things and, and blessing people, bringing light and warmth and, and hope into people's lives just by... By doing something to make a difference. And that's good. And I think God gives us different gifts and different things that we're good at. But as Christians, we should really do both. I'm going to challenge you. If you're a talker, try doing something for people too. That's a challenge to myself. Here I am talking. <laughs> if you're a doer, make sure you share that out loud. Make sure you have an ability to explain it, as Peter says. and To explain the hope that you have within you. In Jesus. Talk about it as well. But in whatever way God gives you, let your light shine before men. Bring that light to others. Jesus commands this then after this resurrection appearance to, to uh, the Marys, and he tells the disciples he's going to meet them in Galilee. Then he appears to them at the end of Matthew. It says, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but still some doubted. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. 
And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's, that's the time we live in. The time of trying to push that forth to others. It's not all done yet. Everything's not perfect yet. But we hope in Jesus. And we hope in that, that conquering that he accomplished. That conquering of death. And we hope to bring that to others. And it's hard sometimes. And, and we can remember when he says, Yes, I'm going to be with you until the very end of the age. I'm going to be with you as you try to push back the darkness. To help us remember that, we're going to do something fun. I think everybody has candles. If you don't have a candle, raise your hand and, and uh, Brock will bring you more. Brock, there's a basket of candles there in the back. The worship team, if you'll go ahead and make your way up to the front. Our singers and instrumentalists, if you'll come on up. What we're going to do with the candles is we're going to exercise this in a symbolic way to help us remember what it means to let our light shine. What we're going to do is we're going to turn down all the house lights, and as we sing Silent Night, someone's going to light a first candle in the back, and then you're going to help each other, and you're just going to pass it on, okay? Just pass your candle light to the next person. Parents, if you have a child, make sure you help them. These are not flame-retardant chairs, so um, oversee this process, please, and we'll have fun with the lights together as we sing Silent Night.
Well, the rest of the story is someday everything will be made right. Someday there will be no more darkness at all. So what we're going to do now is we're going to turn the house lights back on. You can uh, very carefully blow your candles out. And with the lights on, we're going to finish up singing joy to the world. Y'all are so sing out together. Christmas. Have a good night. Y'all be careful out there. The roads might be a little, uh, a little scary. So God bless you and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.